Hello, Pulse Check listeners. This is Dan Diamond, and welcome to our special series on the coronavirus outbreak and the Trump administration's response. On today's episode, I'm joined by Dan Goldberg, my colleague who covers coronavirus in the States, and Jeremy Siegel, the host of our terrific Daily Dispatch podcast. We're taking a look at how the Trump administration is responding to the coronavirus two months away from the election and whether an opportunity is being missed to arrest the growth of the virus before there's another major outbreak. Dan Diamond, Dan Goldberg, you're you're both named Dan. You, you don't say. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing detective work by you. That's the kind of breaking news and hot takes that we come that we yeah. give you here. <laughs> no, I mean it, it could get a little confusing though. Is one of you one of you willing to bite the bullet and uh, be be Daniel for the day? <laughs> the only people who call me Daniel are our family members and. And a longtime uh, would-be girlfriend uh, from years ago. So you can call me DD. DD. DD is always uh, yeah. <laughs> All right, I like it. Um, so DD, can you take me back to the end of spring, the beginning of summer? What was the coronavirus situation in the U.S.? Jeremy, the situation was bad, but getting better. The number of daily coronavirus cases, new cases, had fallen from a peak of about 30,000 new cases in April to roughly 20,000 per day by the end of May, getting into June. There were some states that were so optimistic about the trends that they started to open back up. These were Republican-led states. At the same time, there were protesters who took to the streets over the death of George Floyd and to protest racial injustice. So in, in various ways, it started to feel like the country was moving past coronavirus, even though the pandemic wasn't, wasn't done with us. And I remember, I hang on, I'm going to dig into my email. I, I talked to White House officials around this time asking how worried were they on the coronavirus trends. They had stopped the daily briefings of the coronavirus task force. The president, the vice president were really changing their tune. And a senior White House official told me in early June, uh, quote, we haven't seen a surge from Memorial Day. Um, instead, the, the White House is trying to pin any blame for virus spikes on the protests. But either way, there was a real sense, almost of, of victory, that things were going in the right direction, even if the underlying trends didn't back that out. So flash forward a couple weeks from there, we ended up seeing a resurgence in states across the country. And public health experts said the government kind of missed an opportunity there when cases were going down. Dan Goldberg, you're now reporting that months later, we're kind of facing a mirror image of that moment when cases were going down last. Do you think we're on track to see the same thing happen all over again? Well, that's certainly what public health officials are most concerned with. Uh, as DD said, you know, <laughs> we really squandered uh, an opportunity in the spring to build up our public health infrastructure, make sure that we had adequate testing, get our contact tracing up to scale uh, throughout the country. And there is concern that as cases recede again, uh, we're going to once again blow that opportunity. Uh, and the reason for that concern is that the Trump administration is or appears to be looking past 
coronavirus. You know, even at the Republican National Convention, we heard Larry Kudlow, an economic advisor to the president, talk about COVID in the past tense. It was awful. Health and economic impacts were tragic. Hardship and heartbreak were everywhere. But presidential leadership came swiftly and effectively with an extraordinary rescue for health and safety to successfully fight the COVID virus. Vice President Mike Pence uh, talked about a miracle right around the corner. America is a nation of miracles. And I'm proud to report that we're on track to have the world's first safe, effective coronavirus vaccine by the end of this year. And it's this kind of talk and obviously the political uh, implications of, of being done with the virus that have many public health officials concerned that the Trump administration is once again not taking this as serious as it should. And I remember talking to Tom Frieden a few months ago. He's the former CDC director under President Obama. And he said, you know, they may be done with the virus, but the virus isn't done with them. And, and I think that's probably still holds true, especially as we reopen schools and as the weather gets a little colder in the north and northeast, meaning people will be inside more. There is certainly a, a chance that we could see a resurgence in, in COVID again. Why don't you think at this point it seems like the Trump administration is taking the threat of another resurgence seriously? Well, <laughs> uh, I, I'm always hesitant to get into the mind of the president. But there are certainly political benefits to letting Americans know that he has handled the virus well and that we are on the upswing, both from a public health perspective and an economic perspective. If you are nine weeks from the election, you want to be portraying a message that things are not only OK, but but we've succeeded. We've conquered this virus. Uh, that may be penny wise, pound foolish. It certainly was uh, in, in the spring. But that has been their M.O. pretty much since the virus first hit our shores. You know, the, the president has been saying I believe since February, maybe even earlier, that the virus would go away any day now. So that's sort of been how they've handled this throughout 2020. Well, Didi, what does this situation mean for Trump politically? I mean, we are basically two months from Election Day. Democrats are obviously positioning Trump's response to the pandemic as a central issue in the campaign. Where does this leave the White House? It leaves the White House in a weak position, Jeremy. I, I remember back in the spring, or even before the spring, back in the winter, when my colleague Nancy Cook and I were reporting on the threat of the coronavirus. And immediately, White House officials recognized that this could be the destabilizing factor in the president's bid for a second term, that this was the black swan event, as they put it, that could throw off the economy, uh, mess up the message that the president was campaigning on. And, and everything has come to pass on that front. The president and his allies have tried to seize on every possible point of evidence that either coronavirus is under control or that the threats have been overstated. Just a few days ago, the president shared on Twitter misleading information that many people who died from coronavirus didn't actually die from the virus, that they were victims of, of other illnesses. And Twitter took that information down because it was deeply misleading. The president right now is also trying to fend off attacks from Joe Biden, who in virtually all of his ads has made the president's handling of coronavirus an issue or even the key issue. And I think that's going to continue leading up to Election Day. And if I can interject, I, I think D.D. is making a really important point. If you watch the DNC, Biden and Harris in particular, but certainly their Democratic surrogates as well, 
are making the case that Trump needs to be replaced because he mishandled the coronavirus, because there was needless death, because kids aren't back in school, because bars and restaurants can't open, because the economy is suffering. And polls have shown that that message has resonated, especially when it comes to schools, especially amongst suburban women, which is a key voting demographic, obviously. So if you're the Trump campaign and you need to counter that message, part of what you have to do is put kids back in school, is reopen the economy, is to say that you are on top of coronavirus and therapeutics or vaccines are either here or right around the corner. And I think that, from a political point of view, is why we're seeing such a focus from the Trump campaign on moving, you know, quote unquote, moving past Corona. Hey, Dan, I cover things out of D.C. I talk to officials who are working on these therapeutics and other national responses. You're tracking the states much more closely. How are some of these messages playing in the states specifically? It varies week to week. And obviously, the conventions were just in the last two weeks. So we haven't really had some good data on how those messages fared. But one thing that I have consistently heard is that as, you know, whatever small group of people have not yet made up their mind on this election, one of the most important things that they are looking at is not the infection rate. It's not the number of positive cases. It's, is my kid in school? Can they get on the school bus safely? And do I have a job? Which, you know, I mean, it's, it's as cliche in politics as it gets, but it is the economy, stupid. And secondarily to that is, do I have to stay home because my child can't go to school? And it's going to be, from what I've heard, and, and the election is a million years away, and, and I want to be very clear that all of this is anecdotal and can certainly well, it's, it's, change. It's a million, it's a million years away, but it's also 60 days away, right? I mean, it's not that far. <laughs> well, I'll, so I, what I mean is so much can change and, and probably will. So I want to be very careful uh, and, and be clear that we are, we are not in the prediction business. But for, at the moment, especially with schools starting right now, um, and we're seeing outbreaks in those schools that are putting kids in, in the classroom. Uh, from what I've heard from around the states, especially in the ones, you know, like Florida, like Wisconsin, the, the battleground states, is that the biggest issue on people's minds is, can my kid go to school safely? It's interesting in your reporting, Dan, you honed in on on Florida. And, you know, right now, cases there are trending downward. And you spoke with one expert who said that if there is a dip in coronavirus cases, it might help bring people who were, you know, Republicans thinking about not voting for Trump back into support for him. And I'm wondering, I mean, do you think there's any chance that some of the outcome of this election could be dependent on what the state of COVID is the week of November 3rd? Yes. Uh, I We know the 2016 election was incredibly close. I think it's something like fewer than 80,000 votes across three states swung the entire election. And when an election is that close, any little thing can matter. So it is certainly possible that uh, the outcome of 2020 could be decided on something such as whether or not you can visit your grandparents in their nursing home or assisted living facility, uh, something that people in Florida tell me is very important to them, or whether or not your daughter has to postpone her wedding yet again. You know, that's something that's on people's minds. It's something that's very tangible in their life. So if the argument from the Biden campaign is that the virus is mishandled and your kids are still up in their bedroom trying to Zoom learn, that's something that might resonate with you. And it doesn't have to resonate with that many people. You know, just enough uh, Republicans who voted for Trump in 2016 or maybe voted for Obama in 2012 and then voted for Trump in 2016 who say, you know what, I'm just going to sit this one out this year. 
that could be enough to swing the entire election, swing a state like Florida. So yeah, I do think where the infection rates are, where the economy is in relation to infection rates could really make a huge uh, difference in 2020. Beyond Trump and beyond the politics and policy of this entire situation, a lot of whether there's a resurgence, you know, has to do with people, right? Like thinking about the colleges that reopened, schools have been saying that the spread wasn't necessarily from opening their doors to in-person classes, but from, you know, students off campus having parties and stuff, despite warnings from the schools, things like mask wearing, they come down to everyday folks deciding whether to wear a mask or not. I'm curious, Dan Diamond, even if the government works to seize this opportunity, if the Trump administration were to have a reversal and they were to try to institute some policies and ramp up testing that might help prevent a spike, do you think we're in a situation right now in America where the public is really willing to take the measures needed to prevent another resurgence? That's an interesting question. I I think the American people, when polled, have shown they are grasping the severity of the virus overall. There are obviously exceptions. There are high-profile protests. But if you look at even the percentage of Americans wearing masks, it is a significant majority. I believe it's over 80 or 90 percent of Americans say, especially in urban areas, that they do wear masks when they're out and about. That is a major reversal from earlier this year and shows that some public health messaging has gotten through. But the idea of a further economic shutdown if necessary, that that could provoke significant resistance, especially from Americans who have already suffered quite a bit over the past number of months. I, I think what will be the real test won't be President Trump trying to institute another shutdown or, or lockdown because Republicans have been so resistant of that idea. It's what happens if Joe Biden gets elected, comes in in January and tries with a hard reset to fight coronavirus with very strict measures from the beginning. Will Americans be receptive to that? Or will we be just so worn out from the past year now of fighting the virus that any further measure that's seen as draconian will just provoke massive, massive pushback? Dan Goldberg, you hate making predictions, but I got to ask, I mean, what do you think happens in that situation? Uh, (laughs) Well, I do hate making predictions. Um, it's if past his prologue, I would suspect that Joe Biden will have a very difficult time coming into the White House and trying to uh, push for more draconian restrictions. Um, the, the vice president has already called for a national mask mandate and said that's something he would pursue. And that was met with immediate condemnation uh, from Republicans. Uh, I, I don't imagine things would change, but it would also, I assume, depend a lot on the state of the virus in January and and the state of vaccines in January. You know, one of the big questions is what kind of vaccine might be available uh, after the inauguration, regardless of who wins the election uh, and how that will be distributed. You know, that's another big piece of this that could define a presidency. And if the distribution of a vaccine fails, either because local health departments or hospitals or what have you are ill-equipped for the challenge, That might go down as an incredible blemish on the record of the president, something even greater than how PPEs were mishandled or testing was mishandled. If we can't get vaccines to people when we know that there is something that can help, I think that story will probably outshine all others. All right, that's our show for this week. 
I'm Dan Diamond, and my thanks to my colleagues Dan Goldberg and Jeremy Siegel for joining me on this episode. Jenny Ament is our senior producer, and Irene Noguchi is our executive producer. A reminder that you can subscribe to Politico Pulse Check on your favorite podcast app to search for Politico Pulse Check. And if you like hearing Jeremy Siegel ask me questions every week on Politico Pulse Check, you should check out our daily Politico Dispatch podcast, where Jeremy talks to Politico reporters about their stories and what's shaping the news every day. You'll also be able to find Politico's podcast, Women Rule, Politico Energy, and Nerdcast on your favorite podcast players. Thanks so much for listening. Stay safe, and we will be back with you again next week.